Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. This is a special episode where we're doing things a little differently. In this episode, we'll show you how you can interview real live scientists without even having to trap them. <laughs> yes, they will do it of their own free will. So start thinking of your science questions because we're gonna tell you how to get answers. So Marshall, I have a secret. Is it where you hid the cookies? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've been looking for those cookies. I do hide them from you, though. <laughs> what is your secret? My secret is that I didn't like science when I was a kid. <gasps> Why not? Well, for some reason, I thought that science was just what was written down in my textbook, and my teachers had all the answers, and if it was hard for me to come up with an answer to a science question, I was just bad at science. I think that's something a lot of kids might think. Yeah, and it wasn't until I actually interviewed a scientist that I found out everything I thought about science was wrong. I realized that the reason scientists do science is because they're asking important questions that they don't have the answers to either. And that feeling of confusion that you had when you're a kid is actually the state that scientists are in all the time. Yeah, it's just they're way more comfortable with it. So getting curious and asking questions that have no answers is literally what science is all about. Like, I wonder why cats are so evil. And there really seems to be no straightforward answer. There's so many different theories that we have. <laughs> <laughs> we continue to test. <laughs> because it's a process. And the process can be really hard, but really interesting. So that's why I thought it would be really cool to help our listeners interview scientists. I know a lot of scientists get really excited to talk to kids. Yeah, they love it. And it's so much fun to talk to scientists. Okay, so to interview a scientist, you need three things. You need your scientist trap. You should probably put some granola bars in some kind of cage or something while you hide in the bushes with a with the string that closes the gate shut behind the scientist. And that's why I do the interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall's first attempt at interviewing a scientist went very poorly and we're still in a legal situation. <laughs> All right, here's what you need. A recorder, a scientist, and a science question. I guess it that sounds a lot simpler. <laughs> For a recorder, you can use an app on a phone. iPhones have this app called Voice Memo that I really like. Yeah, or you can take a video, which you've probably done a million times before. It's really easy, but make sure you try it out a few times before you use it with a scientist. Okay, so what's the best way to find a scientist? You might already know one. Ask your parents if they know a scientist in your community. Or your doctor, dentist, or veterinarian might make a great first interview. Yeah, and it's nice to interview someone that you know so that you're less nervous. For my first interview for Tumble, I interviewed our friend Haley. Haley studies salamanders and is also fun to have over for board games. So I'm going to play a few parts of our interview that didn't make it into that very first show we did. Let me just ask you one more time so I make sure I have it. Um, can you say your name and I guess a brief description about you? Yeah, I'm Haley Gillespie and I am an ecologist. So I study the interactions between organisms and their 
environment and organisms and other organisms. Okay, so when I record interviews, I don't do it in a fancy studio. I just do it in our house. But we have to make sure that it's quiet and that there's no fans running or air conditioning or loud leaf blowers outside. That's really important for your interview too because you want to make sure that you can hear your scientist on the recording. Okay, wait, first of all, and I've never asked you this before, um, why did you want to study the Barton Springs salamander? Well, I knew about the Barton Springs salamander, actually, because when I was a kid, my parents used to bring us on vacation to Austin and to San Marcos, and both Austin and San Marcos have native salamanders that live underwater. It's nice to have a list of questions before you do the interview. I knew that I wanted to find out what kind of experiments Haley did to learn about salamanders. So how did you decide what question of the many questions that you could possibly ask about the salamander you wanted to look into and answer? Well, one of them is a really simple question. What do they eat? Don't be afraid to ask questions if there's a word you don't understand. For a long time, people thought they ate these little tiny crustaceans called amphipods. What's a crustacean? A crustacean is an animal like a crab or a shrimp or even a crayfish that has an exoskeleton. Remember, there's no such thing as a stupid question or too many questions. It's the scientist's job to help you understand what they're talking about. And that's like a skeleton on the outside of your body versus the inside like we have. Yeah, it's like a hard coating on the outside of the body. So imagine if your skin was like really, really hard shell instead of soft skin and you didn't have a skeleton on the inside of your body. That would be really creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of would be, yeah. So these are really tiny, 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 tiny cousins of the shrimps and crabs. One thing we really love to hear on Tumble is stories about how scientists learn what we know. Haley's story is about how people just assumed that salamanders were eating these little tiny shrimp and crab cousins, but they really didn't know until she studied it. And it had a lot to do with poop. I want to ask you what salamander poop looks like. (laughs) It looks like a little pellet. It almost looks like a little mouse poop, except for instead of being brown, it looks kind of pinkish, whitish tan because it's eating shrimp relatives. So they're the same color as shrimp. They're kind of pinkish, tan colored. You never know where an interview will go. It will probably go to poop or farts. Pretty much always. Once you have all your questions answered, thank the scientists. And then send us your recording to tumblepodcast at gmail.com or use the contact form on our website. When we get enough interviews, we'll put together another special show for you, featuring you as the interviewer. Yeah, and we already have a great example. Our listener, Vita, sent us this interview she did with her grandpa. Her grandpa just happens to be an astrobiologist, which means he studies life in the universe. Here's Vita Wollstonecroft with Dr. Raymond Wollstonecroft. Do you think you know what would happen if I put a robot in a black hole? Would it take a picture and send it back to Earth or what? I see. I don't think it could do that because the uh, nothing can escape from a black hole, not even energy. 
so not, not mass, not energy, so it would be lost forever. So you, you could never send a message from inside a black hole out to anywhere such as the Earth or another planet. So I'm afraid, I don't think it would work. And in any, any case, the robot will get torn into bits by the gravitational forces of the black hole because they're too powerful. What if the robot was really tough? It couldn't be tough enough. It can't be tougher than the, bl- the strength of a black hole, I'm afraid. Oh. So don't try to send a robot into a black hole because you will lose your robot. And it will say, why did you send me to a black hole? But it won't be able to say that because you've, you'd already lost it. <laughs> That's what it will be thinking, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Vita. That's our show. Thanks to Vita, David, and Raymond Wollstonecroft, an honorary research fellow at the Royal Observatory of Edinburgh. Thanks again to Haley Gillespie. If you want to hear more about salamander poop, and what is and isn't in it, dig into our archives to our first show, The Mystery of the Barton Spring Salamanders. We'll be back with new regular episodes at the beginning of the year, but keep your ears tuned for more special bonus episodes. Sarah Lentz is our associate producer. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I produce this show. And I'm Marshall, and I make all this wonderful music you hear. And don't forget to tune in next time for more stories of science discovery.